0: Do
1: we have enough to talk about?
0: I guess we'll find out. All right. On an uncertain episode of On Taking Pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is uh, episode 66 of On Taking Pictures. We're, We're doubling down on this episode. Sounds good to me. Yeah, Uh, we're here each and every week talking about photography, talking about the art, the science, uh, some opinion about making images. My name is Jeffrey Sedoris from fadedandblurred.com. With me, everyone's favorite fancy portrait photographer, Mr. Bill Wadman.
1: I'm not a curmudgeon this week?
0: I don't know. Are you? We'll find out, won't we? (laughs) On a very special (laughs) on taking pictures.
1: Uh, The big promos that come out, the bumper promos. (laughs) This week on a very special. It sweeps, episode. right? Somewhere, isn't it? Sweeps. <laughs> Not right now. Somewhere in the world it might be though. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh how was your weekend? Uh my weekend uh, was uh, was good. Uh I ate brisket. I went to a um a uh, a baby shower. And uh yeah, that's that was about it.
0: Separate events? Or were
1: there was the brisket uh, at the brisket was after the baby shower. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, right. you know, it, it was fine. It was delightful. How about that? Oh, I got a chance to go flying
0: with uh, my friend Mark over the weekend. Uh, he's he's really into radio control airplanes. Okay. And uh, it, it was amazing. Uh, the technology has improved a hundredfold over when we used to fly in high school. Uh, everything's all digital now. And... Uh, there's this new type of plane called Bind and Fly, where basically you you just pair them to the radio, almost like a Bluetooth device, and uh, and you're up and running. Um, and and also they've got three axis stabilization in these planes now, so they're they're correcting for uh, turbulence and torque and P factor to help keep the plane, you know, m- smoother in flight. Uh, And it it was just amazing. Because the last memories I have of this stuff were, you know, like high school, we would go fly. And they were gas planes. And you had to have, you know, your frequency flags. And they had a board of all the frequency flags that were available. And if if your flag wasn't on the board, then you couldn't fly your plane because it was going to interfere and blah, blah, blah. Right. And it it was just amazing how far it's come. But, But here's the funny thing. A lot of the old timers that he sees... Uh, are are all like grumbly about you know oh these these new planes they do it all for you. these new digital planes do it all for you and there's no easy. skill to fly yeah it's too easy yeah so it's, it you know it just goes to show there's always going to be somebody complaining about new stuff coming up it's kind of funny of
1: course there is yeah um, although I will say that it probably is too easy it sounds like a video game then that, that at that point uh it you know it's it's
0: easier than it used to be. Um, he said it's still pretty tough. There's still that, the, the disorientation of. Yeah, see, there's you know, the thing
1: that always gets me. Okay. You fly in the plane away from you. I can understand how you can control it. Yeah. When it's coming towards you, you have to invert everything. Yeah. It's all, everything's inverted, which is just, that's got to be really difficult. Yes. Do you, do you, do you, do you, as, let me put this cheesy way. Do you be the plane? Um, yeah, in, in a way. I mean,
0: it's easier if you keep the plane out in front of you yeah whereas it, it, rather than standing in the middle and flying around yourself right it's it's easier if you're sort of in uh in the grandstands and you're flying over the field okay right it's easier to orientate yourself whereas if you're down on the field with the plane having to spin around it's easier to get confused and, and disoriented when you're flying. Yeah. Especially if you're doing some sort of, you know, maneuvers, if you're doing rolls or, you know, hammerheads or tail slides or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. It was fun though. And these these little planes, you know, $129 and they come fully assembled, all the electronics installed. Uh, you know, servos are four, five, six bucks. When they used to be 30, 40. like RC cars used to cost like $400 to get a new setup. Yeah. And now you can get these amazing electric cars for 80, 90 bucks.
1: Kids nowadays.
0: I know. They don't know how good they have it. (laughs) Little bastards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so true. (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, last week we were, I was yelling at you. A little bit, yeah. Uh, about not taking enough pictures. And I said, that's it. Let's do it. One to one. Let's start putting pictures up on, on the Google Plus group. Yeah. Have you been keeping up? Nope. <laughs> well, you know what? I have and a bunch of other people have too. I'm, I'm
0: a little behind. And can I tell you why? First of all, uh, there are some really cool things no, I'm, being I'm really put up.
1: looking forward to hearing your excuses. Keep going.
0: <sighs> <sighs> okay. So. <laughs> I got an email from somebody that that uh that, that really kind of hit me okay. um, and and Tom, I hope you don't mind uh me sharing your email uh, but i'm sorry i'm going to share it anyway because it it really meant a lot to me uh, and I, I won't read the whole thing but uh one of the things that that tom says is is um he says, I never, th- I never once thought that the breeze to blow you out of your doldrums could be provided by taking more photos. I think that would work for Bill, but I don't know that it would work for you. Who knows? It might. But in all of the episodes, all of the hours that have gone into listening to you, uh, one feels like one gets to know you, even though all you are are recorded voices coming out of my iPhone. Now, I he's, agree act- that- he's
1: actually a real person. Just yeah. putting that out there.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree that the solution is for you to do something every day. Um, one of the things that's been working for me is write, with writing for the past 23 days in a rope is is part of a 60-day one-way commitment I made to God. I know you're Buddhist, so I know you're not going to make a promise to God, which I'm not, but okay. Um, but whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that your thing is— is to do that thing for some period of time, every single day for 40 days. Uh, It's a good amount of time, not long enough, so that you uh, can't fake it or come away somehow not impacted by the experience. No one else has to even see it. For you, I think you are moved by stories and relationships more than you are by taking pictures. Very true, Tom. Uh, It seems that you get more enjoyment from sharing other people's work than from creating your own photos. Also true. But that sharing is the work. It's not just copying and pasting, and slapping it on a website. It's the careful consideration of whose story you want to tell, what has moved you to tell it, how you want to tell it, and putting it out there in hopes of inspiring others as you have been inspired by that person's work or story. Um, and he goes on to, to say some very nice things. And and it, it really struck me. because Tom, you're exactly right. I love finding stories and sharing them. Uh, I do love making pictures but it's not what i do it's what bill does and what bill does very well so it's going to work i think for you bill it's going to work better than it would work for me yes it does contribute to getting the sort of juices going and 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 contributing to the stream but um i really like what what tom is saying and and i'm i'm trying to move forward on that okay uh, but I do still want to take pictures. I just don't know that taking pictures every day is going to help what I'm trying to accomplish.
1: Well, I, I think that I disagree Okay. Um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, the kind of pictures that we're all doing are not the kind of things that are taking a whole lot of time. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, last night I went and took pictures. I did like a nighttime HDR thing of this theater that's up the hill from me. Wait, Wait what? Yeah.
0: Have you not seen it? You've gone to the dark side of HDR. It doesn't look like <laughs> HDR.
1: Um, but you know, you can't get all of it in the same exposure, um, right? Uh, it, it, it it's more just sort of doing something all the time, just for you, right? I mean, yes, you write for your for the website and that kind of stuff, which is great. But that's, that's for the website. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. So, and right. And there's also a certain amount of, you know what you really, I, I am sort of one of the, um, I'm going to get myself in trouble right now. I am one of those people who says that it's very difficult to intelligently talk about something that you yourself are not involved in. Right. It's, it's sort of the old, uh, the, the old Zappa quote. What is it? Writing about music is like dancing about architecture. Right, you know if you yourself are not shooting, it makes it 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 makes it difficult for you to judge other people who are shooting because you 're not in it you're not living you see what i'm saying like I, I do it's, it's easy to talk about it from
0: the sidelines you know? i do uh you you've just sort of disparaged every film critic on the planet
1: uh yes i have yeah uh, i um, i am not i am a, not a big fan of artistic critics.
0: I, you know, I get what you're saying uh, and, I, and I agree with it to a certain extent. I, and I do, I do shoot when something moves me, you know, and I do shoot, I'm, I'm better when, when I see something that's genuinely interesting rather than, okay, I need to take an hour and go find something interesting. Right. Um, Carl sent me an email as well and, and said, you know what, I, I don't see you going out and shooting every day. I see you taking on a project, and whether that's you know getting back into 3 d and, and doing some compositing or or writing something that is greater than a post, sink your teeth into it, and if it takes a day, fine, if it takes a week, fine, if it takes six weeks, that's fine, but sink in and do it.
1: Um, I agree more with that, although all these people talk about what we're doing as if it's a full- time job right <laughs> you know. I'm <laughs> saying, take five to ten minutes a day, and make something. Now, yeah, if if that making something is writing something else for you, that's fine too. Right. Um, I, I think part of it is is the reason I'm saying this photography is because our show is about photography,
0: loosely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I agree with that. In fact, uh, the the next episode of of or installment of in process is going to be done either today or tomorrow.
2: Okay.
0: Um, very excited about it. I'm not going to tell you who it's with yet, but uh, you know, his work and, uh, and he's, he's a very cool
1: guy. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that, you know, uh, you can do multiples of these things, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm doing this one a day thing, but I'm also in the process of writing a book and I'm also yeah. in the process of making my movies and I'm also in the process of doing my client work. Right. You know, that these that, things are not works, exclusives.
0: Yes. That works better for me. Yeah. So if, if today I'm going to write, that's fine. If, to, if tomorrow I'm going to interview somebody, that's fine. Oh, see, and I'm if, doing all of them every day.
1: Okay. okay. But that's. But I, I need, if I'm not busy, man, I'm crazy. Right. It's, right. It, you know, you don't, you don't want to see me when I'm bored. <laughs> 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 Hey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. All right, so, hey, so uh, that's fine.
0: Uh, I want to ask you something. Um, I wrote a thing for for Fade and Blurred yesterday on a guy named Robert Polidori, and you've you've undoubtedly seen his work: abandoned places, Chernobyl, sure, uh, sure. you know, New Orleans. And when I see his work, I I start I I find myself thinking about the souls of places. And the the piece starts out, how do you capture the soul of a place on film? How do you even know how do you even know it when you see it? Does the soul remain after the life of a place has gone, or does a new soul emerge to take its place? So I, I'm thinking about almost spaces as people. And I look at work like this and I I I think about like your work and, and other portrait <laughs> photographers and you know, you're you're taking a portrait of a place. So, does a does a does a place have a soul in the same way that a person does? I mean, it's not the same thing, obviously, but but is there an essence to a place that can be captured on film?
1: Yes, there is. You know what? You know what I find interesting about that is the idea that um, it's like, it, places and things that we build have life cycles, mm-hmm. just like we have life cycles, right? So at the point at which you go to these abandoned buildings and are taking pictures, you ever go back to like your, your elementary school or, um, or imagine that, you know, if if you went to the same elementary school as your mother say that when your mother was there, it was a very different place than when you were there Mm -hmm. because it had Mm -hmm. 30 years of whatever cruft on top, you know? Right. In the same way, I feel like, Buildings have that same thing. Um, and so there's a certain amount of, for me, buildings and that kind of stuff, it's not so much that they themselves have a soul, but that they have, they instill the memories of all the things that have happened there. And not in a weird metaphysical way. I don't actually believe that, you know, walls have memory. Sure, but but they but, are but a when reflection. You, when you go in there, you can sense that you know what people were here, and if it's right. an old enough place, you can feel like a lot of people have been here. You know, uh, and then you think about the Im- the number of people who were lying on that bed in the corner, the amount of times they lied at the bed and made love, or lied on the bed and cried, or you know what I mean, mm-hmm. lied on the bed staring at the ceiling because they couldn't sleep. Or whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and 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 for for that moment, that was their space. And then twenty years later, it was somebody else's space. You know, um, yeah. and 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 especially the places like Pripyat and stuff, where people just walked away, right? Because they couldn't take anything. Right. Then all of their possessions are also there. It's more of a a ghostly sort of thing than uh, a real place. Now, all of these places that he shoots. Or most of them, at least from the pictures that you're showing here, are places that were sort of abandoned and just walked away.
0: Right. Whether if, whether tragedy was man made or natural. Right, I mean, this is right. this is sort of post Katrina sure, you know, sure.
1: post meltdown,
0: yeah. et cetera. Right.
1: But if you emptied out these rooms, got rid of the curtains, got rid of the bed, got rid of the whatever, they wouldn't be nearly as creepy. It's right. it's it's the artifacts that make it creepy. Right. Right, know, right, right, right. And I use creepy because some people, it, to me, this is very akin to disaster porn. Okay. For me. Like, I, I find it interesting looking at these pictures, but the people who are really into this stuff, it's, it's you know, Heather, <laughs> Heather keeps watching uh, Dead Like Me and Pushing Daisies and all these shows. I'm like what is your obsession with death?
2: (laughs) And she's like,
1: you know, and and I said, you should go see a shrink about that. And she's like, you know, you have your obsession about death and I have mine. I said, no, I have an obsession about my family members dying. That's different than you having an obsession about death. (laughs) You know, those those are, those are two different things. Um, but, 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 you know, I have friends who seek out these kinds of crumpled down places. Do I think they're cool looking? Oh, absolutely. Um, i you know i don't but know I, but i think some people hmm. fetishize it you know what i mean in, I, i've never
0: a, been in any one of these kinds of places i've never i've never you know i mean there were abandoned houses near where we lived when we were kids but nothing to this degree and i don't know how i would feel and and one of the the things that he uh Polidari says about chernobyl which i found was interesting he said but before i went to pripyat I was half believer. And by the time I left Chernobyl, I was completely atheist. I lost all my faith in God because I just realized that we are completely alone. Right. And to me, okay, I I applaud him for letting the photographs affect him on that level or letting the places, I guess, affect him on that level. Okay. But I wonder if it's misplaced. Should be on what? Well, I mean, uh, Chernobyl was man-made.
1: Okay, that you that mean the, disaster, the, prop, the disaster was man. Yeah,
0: that disaster was man-made. Yeah, but it we wasn't
1: man-made that. in the sense that somebody blew up a bomb. It was man-made in the sense that you know a a a, a terrible tragedy happened. Right, but it, but
0: it was different than something like Katrina. Okay, and it's it's interesting that he came away so affected and and had his faith basically completely what little there was completely shattered by events that that weren't hmm.
1: Because it wasn't a, quote, act of God, you don't yeah, think that he's allowed to lose his faith?
0: I, I'm not saying he's not allowed to. I just find it an odd reaction. And never having been to these places, it might be a perfectly natural reaction. It might be I a think perfectly a lo- natural thing. I
1: think if you go to a place that looks like it was lived in 30 years ago and it's completely empty and it's a huge city, that's got to be pretty eerie. Yeah. In yeah. a, wow, like all our lives really are just, you know, a bunch of neurons firing and. And that's and, it. Yeah, when you're yeah, gone, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I. Th- that's generally how I think, anyway. So to me, it sounds perfectly reasonable. Well, I ask a
0: question at the end of the piece: if, if the soul of a place, and by extension, the photographs, are enough to destroy one's faith, are different photographs powerful enough to restore it? Are there hmm. photographs? Can you? Are are photographs powerful enough to make a believer of you?
1: okay well i think that you are hmm i understand what you're saying but you're you're assuming that in some ways the baseline is a return of faith and belief Mm -hmm. and i think that that is a argument to be made right there Mm -hmm. you know but if you want to argue whether or not in the same way that this guy felt crushed by what he saw if someone can feel like there is more to the world because of art and photography.
0: That's what I'm asking. I would say
1: absolutely. Yeah. Now, whether that more to the world is God or just that, you know, humans are pretty great and living is pretty super, you know, that is, (laughs) that is, that's okay too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Being able to, to see, uh, the world as a, you know what? We're living this life and yeah, bad things happen, but you know what? A lot of beautiful things happen too. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, look, half the Brisson photos and all that, you know, French romantic-y kind of stuff. I mean, you know, uh, 18-year-old girls in college have those things on their walls for a reason.
0: Right, 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 right,
1: right. Uh, we, we, ha- we have pictures, uh, Ansel Adams photographs on our walls, you know. Does Yosemite mm-hmm. look like that all the time? No. It's amazing all the time, but is it as picture perfect as Ansel Adams makes it? No. Right. You know, uh, I, I just thought it was interesting. The it whole, is the whole
0: idea of, of,
1: I, I look, if, if, if I didn't ha- let me put it this way. If I didn't have what I do, I don't know why I would be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that enough or does it need to be more than that? I don't, hmm, I don't know. I mean, because it's, it's
0: it, I don't know. It's, it's just, I just find it wildly interesting. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I found myself sitting here thinking about this for the better part of a couple hours yesterday, just thinking about the implications of a photograph and not just the viewing, but the making of, the planning of, the, the, the sort of long-term ramifications of revisiting a photograph photographs mean something different to me now photographs of my mother mean something else to me now
1: right it's the same photograph right you know um however like for somebody let's say one of our listeners you never knew your mother suddenly like you know walks by a picture of your mother sitting on the wall from 1972 right will it mean anything to her or will it just be some woman in 1972 some woman in
0: 1970. Exactly. So, so it's, it's experience that brings right. meaning.
1: Right. Yeah. I just find it
0: fascinating. I
1: really it really it is fascinating. Look, I, you know, I, I look at pictures of my father. I look at pictures of myself when I was younger. Um, I, I question the, the things that went through my head when I was younger. I, I am questioning them greatly now.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Um, and looking back at photographs, can remind you of those things in a way that your brain it's it's almost like a a, crib, a, a shortcut yep to pulling it all back um yeah well
0: there, there's there's a sense memory that's that's stored sure. in a photograph yes and that's uh it's just an amazing thing and i, I anyway i, mean, I just wanted to share with
1: that music i think i think this is this is an art thing in general you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um uh yeah it's it's interesting no it is interesting i mean this guy's work is beautiful you know, I wonder what he'd do with stuff that wasn't all beat up. Uh, well, it, he did a project
0: on the restoration of Versailles. He okay. did. Uh, he won. Gosh, what did he win? I think the the World Press Photo Award for the construction of the new Getty Museum or the newer Getty Museum. Okay. Um. So it's not just about decay; it's also about building and restoration.
1: Right. 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 All right, Let's put this in there. We'll put it in the show notes. By the way, okay. show notes five by five dot TV slash OTP slash sixty six will be this week's Show notes, although uh, we're also working on uh, putting the show notes in a um, newsletter. Uh, but and we were going to do it with uh, MailChimp, but uh, apparently there's some system in the five by five system we may be able to use. That's the only reason we haven't done it yet.
0: So it's so, built in somehow.
1: Yeah. There's some kind of built in thing in the CMS that apparently we might be able to get access to. So, um, that's why the only reason I haven't set it up is just that I don't want to have to do it twice, you know? Right. Right. Anyway, okay. something to put out there. Uh, no, that's, it's totally true. You know, the, the other day you and I were talking cause, um, I mentioned that a lot of people don't think that I am cool or my work is cool. Remember when we had this right. discussion? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and I I just thought it would be interesting. It's, it, you know, is, is there such thing as a cool artist? What makes a cool artist? Should you try to be a cool artist or is that just something you are or are not, you know, and cool to different people, you know, should, Mm -hmm. should you, should, if, if, if it is marketing wise, good for you to be considered cool, should you change what you do in order to become cool? Hmm. Yeah, and 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 did, when when did being cool artist give you more props than being good? Well, uh, yeah, number I mean of it's, value judgments and all of that. I understand
0: a number. Yeah, and and at some point, the image of you as the artist became if not more important, equally important to the art itself that you produce.
2: Yeah. When did
1: that happen? Is that, I is that a, know. that's a modern invention. That's a Warhol thing. I think maybe post Warhol. 50s, yeah. 60s. Pollock was pretty cool, but Picasso was, a was drunk. Though. Picasso was cool. Yeah. You know, and that was what, like the twenties, like the stuff that when he actually became known, um, yeah. At, at what point
0: does an artist's image, at, at what point is an artist more associated with their persona than their work? Right.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the Terry Richardson effect, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it, you know, it, and look, I, the thing is, is that I think, it, you know, it's, it's, it's the old high school thing, right? It's like, I think I actually am cool by not trying to be cool. See what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, okay, but then but there I mean let's okay, while we're using you as an example and and we won't name any names, but there are circles that you are in, yes, that are very different than than the, those circles are very different, arguably
1: cooler than you are. Yes. If we put cooler in quotes,
0: yes. yeah. How do you how do you reconcile that, and what does it do? What does it do not only to to how you view yourself, but what does it do? But by extension, how do you view your career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do think that kind of stuff does affect careers, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, um, you know, it's the whole who you know kind of adage, right? Sure, the nepotism thing, which is which is, you know, it's one thing if it's There's a certain amount of ageism involved. You know, I mean, as much as we make fun of the fact that you're old, right? Um, and you are very old. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm old too, right? I'm 38, which but I see, know to a lot of our listeners who are older than me, you're like, oh, you're a youngin'. But okay. in New York City photographers who are trying to be hip and cool and new and do new stuff, I'm old. Right. You, you and I
0: in New York, you and I are in the same dead zone. Yes. If, you're, if you are post-35 and pre-60, yeah. you're, you're in a different area, I would argue. You're in a different area of the curve.
1: The problem is is that I started when I was 32 or 33. Mm-hmm. So I never had my twenties. So in some ways, I am where I should be if I was 25 doing this right now.
0: right. And you're competing with those people who are 25 right. and doing it right now. Right. And who are getting magazine shoots and covers. Right. And that's They're
1: all working for, you know, Fader and all this kind of stuff, shooting with on camera flash and wearing no socks with sneakers. And you know what I mean? Like, is that, is that the best? That's benchmark? what all those cool kids I can't do that. My feet chafe. <laughs> um. But, you know, but there there is a certain, I mean, thing about that. I mean, I've talked about this with some people. I mean, in the same way that we had that discussion about whether or not the kind of camera you use is impressive to your clients. Sure. There's also, you know, whether the shoes you're wearing are cool enough for your client.
0: Sure. You you roll up in, in you know, Italian leather Oxfords and, you know, Warby Parker shades and a Leica M you're going to be treated much differently than if you you know roll up in a pair of Wranglers Converse and a 5d
1: right regardless of the quality of the photographs themselves right now we could argue this all day long whether or not that that's right but it it's true I mean it's it
0: it is right not not it is right but it just so
1: if 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 it is Should you, or let's, let's take me as an example. And I mean, this is just, this is more the, uh, theoretical me, not the real me. Right. Should I go spend 10 grand on a Leica M and buy some, buy $3,000 worth of new clothes as an investment to my career? I would say if, if the short answer is yes. Crazy, right? The sh- I remember, the, the, the- I remember there was a guy I heard one time talking about, he was a hairdresser in Beverly Hills Okay, and he moved into town from God knows where Iowa or something like that. You know, he was this crazy flamboyant, you know, gay man in the eighties, you know, like the typical, the stereotypical hairdresser in Beverly Hills in the eighties. Okay. And he said, I got into town. I didn't have a pot to piss in and I took out a loan and bought a used Rolls Royce. Okay. And he said it was the best thing I ever did. Because it made people assume that, oh, he drives a Rolls Royce. Right. Therefore, and everything that follows. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you haven't even seen my work, but you've already made assumptions about me. Yep.
1: Yes. Yeah. Now, as someone like me, who is very much a, an adherent of meritocracy and mm-hmm. that quality should win out. These kinds of things are very Uh, possibly
0: to the detriment of your career.
1: Yes. This is very frustrating to me. Yeah. Because I feel like if, if, if one, and this is a quality judgment too, gives in to the temptation to do that in order to get ahead, they're just as bad as the people who are doing it in the first place, you know? Mm -hmm. if I've got to have the Rolls Royce to keep up with the Joneses, then I'm just as bad as the guy who planned to buy the Rolls Royce in the first place to get ahead. Right. I'm just following on later. What the hell's the difference? You know, it's crazy. But at the same time, it's like there's there there, at a certain point you have to, you, there are, aren't there, mm, aren't there times when a principled stand is warranted? Absolutely. As
0: long as you're willing to live with the outcome. Hmm. Hmm. You, 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 are one of the more principled people that I know.
1: <laughs> Frustratingly so. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: and and you know we've had many conversations about you seeing some of your contemporaries again value judgment pass you by.
1: Yep. No, and it's not because of the work. We're right. A lot of people would say, well, you're just whining. And look, you know, I, I, I'm far more successful than a lot of people who, a lot of people would consider me the guy who passed them by. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is a, there's yeah, always a, a sliding wrong... scale. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure everyone feels this way, you know, in some way.
0: But, but to, except for Terry to Richardson.
1: Yeah, except for, yeah. but to make,
0: to make the assumption that personal style in the arts doesn't have effect on professional
1: advancement ad, yeah, advancement is, is ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous, especially like in a town like mine or a town like yours. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, well, these are the world headquarters of this kind of stuff, you know? Um, so it's something that I, I, I have to, I think ultimately I have to give up a certain level of principle mm-hmm. for principle's sake. Now, how do you, okay. You, you're in, you're in an interesting
0: spot because you know a lot of the older guys that have of, that have sort of outgrown this. Okay, and are just doing their thing regardless. But yeah. then you also know, yeah, some of the newer guys who, yeah, does Jay Mayzel
1: so dress cool? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> does Does Albert Watson dress cool? Well, actually, he kind of does. He kind of does. Yeah.
0: So, but you see what I'm saying, out. right? Yeah. But but you're you're in this zone of seeing both sides. Right. And and ultimately I would imagine that's very confusing because you you respect the work and the work ethic of the older guys, but you respect or or desire, maybe is a better word, yep. the position of the younger ones. Right.
1: Right. Or, or or it all just looks so ridiculous when you look mm-hmm. in one direction. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I want to be Jay, but mm-hmm. apparently I have to get my hair cut like Joey L, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um So what, what, I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot. So what What does that do to you, you know, circa end of July, 2013, m- moving forward? are Are you... Are you resigned in what you need to do? Does it confuse you? Does it, does it frustrate you? Is it all of those things?
1: There have been a lot of things in my life that I've been very obstinate about, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, I don't drink, right? Right. I, I don't drink alcohol. I never have drank alcohol. Um, if someone, I mean, I've tasted a bunch of stuff. It's not like I've never let it touch my, like i tasted a beer.
0: <laughs> teetotaler.
1: I don't, I don't, you know why they call it teetotaling by the way? Hit me uh people a lot of people think that it 's because they drink tea instead of drinking booze or whatever but actually it's it came from saying that they were capital t totaling totally not drinkers so it was it was the tea totaling came from like capital t total ah okay okay- interesting right interesting yeah um so for example i don't i don 't drink right and does that have social implications? Absolutely. Sure. I can't I, go yeah. out and have a beer with the art director of whatever. I can go out and have a drink with them, but if I'm not drinking a beer and they're drinking a beer, there's a disconnect there that wouldn't happen if I was drinking a beer. Is, is there I'm, an I'm initial... not trying to bring this up as like a big, like, no, no, no. Is, is, is there true. an assumption that you're an alcoholic or is some it... people think that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the real assumption is that my father was an alcoholic. That, that's, yeah. that's the true thing. Right. Okay. Um, so, so for me, it's just like eh, I never wanted to do it, but, but to, to, but to, but to think that that doesn't have implications on my relationships with other people is crazy. It does, you mm-hmm. know. But I'm willing to give that up because I, 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 I just don't want to. It's 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 in my blood, and I don't want to do it. Sure. Right?
0: So, how how far do you go to play the game? Do do right. you know you you mentioned I you've talked about medium format you've talked about you know Leica M's right. how far do you go do you do you but, take but see, that but plunge but this is
1: this is the same thing but th- there are people who are saying man if if I want to be taken seriously I have to buy a, a a full frame camera right you know there's people who are saying what I have and do is the level that they have to get to to like aspirationally get to some other level. You know, all I right. need to have that slightly faster car because if I, you know, if I drive in there in an Audi, they're not going to take me seriously. They, I got to drive a Porsche, you know, or whatever. Sure. You know, so, so is that all just an illusion and it's all just a game and the, the actual reality of it is that you just have to let all that go. I can't try to be cool. I just got to be what I am mm-hmm. and I am what I am. And if people don't like it, great. If some people like it, great. You know, I think my, my, my product, my work stands on its own, but it's, but it's, but it's, 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 it's getting to the po- point where you outgrow people's opinions. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult place to get to.
0: Yes. Especially because there, there are so many variations of success stories that, that there is no roadmap.
1: Right. Yeah. Everyone you talk to is coming up with a different answer. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah, I can I can look at somebody, some young kid who's coming up and say, oh, it's because he wears cool glasses. But of course it's not because he wears cool glasses. You know, it it could be a billion things. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up rich. You know, if I grew up independently wealthy and could just sit around and take pictures all day long, didn't have to worry about rent. I would have more time to go schmooze with people and, you know. And, and wear white gloves like Billy Eggleston. Eggleston wear white gloves?
0: He does. Oh, what a weirdo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just, it just it's, it's an interesting thing that, uh, yes, I think that so, at some point, I think maybe since the 60s, cool, and it's even getting worse in the internet age because it's, it's what persona. I, You and I are very honest on this show. Yes. Some would say to a fault. Yes. I mean, there are are things that you and I talk about. I mean, there are a few things that you and I don't talk about, right? Mm -hmm. There, there are a handful of things that are off limits. Yep. But pretty much when we're talking about it, we're talking about it in a way that I would talk about it with you in a private dinner at my house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With thousands of people listening. (laughs) Hi everyone. Pressed against the windows.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> but, but, but I think that that's, I think that's what makes this show successful is that we do talk about these things. Right. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. So, so, you know, I, th- there, there is plenty, to, there's plenty of an argument to be made that what, what you need to do is have a private persona and a public persona, you know, Everyone thinks that Michael Buble is a nice guy, but, you know, I've heard stories that say he's a real jerk, you know, uh, but, you, really? but you think he's a nice guy because he hey, seems he's like Michael a nice Bublé. guy. Hey, you know, he sings the songs and he's like talking to the ladies, you know? Um, so, so, you know, that, that the idea that there is a public and a, and a, and a private personhood and that those two things inform each other in that in today's world, if you want to be a celebrity that you you need to basically put a mask on, right? In any any time that you're facing the public, I I just I refuse to do that. Now, do I know artists who act like they're all cool when it comes to their art and and work and clients and stuff? Absolutely, but then when they're not around those people, are they normal? Yes. Does it drive do you, me crazy? Yes. Do you see, or can it's, you it's, see? It's, it's perpetuating all of this crap. You know. Can I see what? Can you see a point where
0: where you would give in? Can you see a point where the frustration of not being where you want to be slash think you should be
1: makes me get a haircut Yeah,
0: or makes you you know uh, there,
1: there i There is a point at which I think to myself, you know what don't knock until you try it
2: right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That is there a way to do it on your own terms? Where if somebody's going to judge me because they don't like my hair or whatever it is, let's, mm-hmm. you know, my hair is fine. But let's just take my hair as an example. If they don't like my hair, I could go get a fancier haircut or whatever. Um, is that really killing me? Well, if those people are that superficial, but they have the money, who cares? You know, what? Why am I? The, you have to choose your battles. I don't think it's the hair and the, and the clothes
0: and, and that kind of thing. I mean, maybe New York City, LA, Mm. what do you think it is? Well, I don't, I was going to say, I don't think it's that as much as just your circle and, and, and to a certain extent, your gear. Uh,
1: my circle is in my friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I am proud of the people I am friends with. Uh, and i'm not saying you shouldn't be right. except for you. Right. Well, goes without saying. Um Yeah, i mean, look, my gear is fine. Although later in the show i wanted to talk about cases. Yes. And and Heather, you know, Heather um Heather met a photographer the other day who came into a business to do some headshots. And um <clears throat> He apparently he you know he he came in and he had this nice little background sort of you know uh sort of a old school um uh you know pull down screen kind of wait, wait, background. Back
0: up. So he came into her her office yeah, to, to shoot headshots. To do
1: headshots, yeah. Okay, and like for like, the annual yeah, he, reports or whatever. He's their normal guy, yeah, for yeah, their okay. website or okay. whatever it is, right. Um and she said that you know he was very nice whatever it is and you know and it, w- what I love about what I love about Heather is that she <laughs> Being around me, she knows now stuff, you know, and she'll say she'll be like, oh, yeah, she went with the mark, II, you know, and, <laughs> and I'll be like, nice. that's so cool. You don't know anything about photography. And yet, you know more about photography than a lot of the people that I know who claim to be photographers. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so she's she's just like, you know, but he walks in and he had he had his his stuff all really nice. His gear was really nice. And he had this cool little pop up background stand and whatever it is. Um, and there were, there was an air of, uh, uh, professionalism in it that, you know, that she said was, you know, he was, he, he obviously knew what he was doing and he was coming in to do his job and he was leaving. Right. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. No nonsense. Just come in, do your thing. Out right. you go.
1: Yeah. However, I, I may have told this story before years ago, I was, I was living up in Boston and I was, you know, going, I was going to school for music and, um, we were using a, uh, 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 a, a, a program called vision opcode made a, a sequencer called vision. Do you ever hear of this? Nope. Okay. Opcode vision was like the sequ- the, the MIDI sequencer for Mac for 15 years. Okay. And, um, and this girl that I worked with, uh, at this store, uh, was like, Hey, you know, my friend, I forget his name is coming into town and he's into computers and music and you're into computers and music. Like we should get together and have some pizza or whatever. So we ended up going out with this guy and it turns out that he was not only into computers and music. He was one of the coders on vision at opcode. Ah, okay. And he was in town because cakewalk, um, which is a competing, uh, I have heard sequencer. Of that Okay. Uh, was trying to poach him from Opcode. And he showed up, you know, they picked him up at the airport and he was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. That wasn't even like a nice t-shirt, you know, like a band t-shirt or whatever. His hair was whatever and he was like this hippie kind of guy. And I remember saying to him at that night, I was like, you really, you walked in there like wearing what you're wearing right now? And he said, yeah. He's just like, you know what? They called me. He's just like, Hmm. and my quality of my work does not change whether I'm wearing a suit or wearing jeans. And you know what? Like, whatever. I'm not going to kowtow to their crap. Sure. You know? And ever since I saw this guy, there's a big part of me that thinks, you know what? If I walk into, you know, that shoot I did last week or whatever it is that I put up some pictures of last week, Mm -hmm. two weeks ago, uh, in a little hotel room, you know, a couple speed lights, couple umbrellas, shoot through umbrellas. The little shoot throughs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I throw that stuff in a backpack. Is it a really nice photo, whatever backpack? No. It's a north face backpack because they fit in it because, you know, the length of them. Uh, do I look super fancy walking in? Would I look cooler walking in with a rolling case? Maybe, you know, uh, but part of me, it, it part of me says I'd rather be the guy who, gets the amazing results out of what looks like junk than the guy who gets mediocre results out of a bunch of flashy gear. Cause he has money, you know, and not that I walk in looking like a schlub. I dress nice and my stuff's fine, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I want mine to be substance over fashion, not fashion over substance, you know, now you could argue what you really need to do is both.
0: To a certain extent, sure, because you're you're part of an industry
1: that that values both. Right. The problem is I'm so scared of being the fashion over substance that I'm willing to give up the fashion entirely or largely Mm -hmm. ignore that side in order so that I don't get sucked into that world. It's crazy, you know, yes, but but that's but there's definitely part of that, you know, I mean, look, there's when you were even more into the art world than you are now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's got to be the same thing with like you know all of the shepherd fairy kind of guys. Sure, you know, wearing the cool leather jackets and the skate shoes and whatever it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and yeah, you could wear that stuff, but oh, there's so many posers, you know, so many people like trying, thinking that that's what makes them an artist, right? And the work is not there to back it up. Yeah, you know, and or
0: the the, the work the the work is being forced out by a gallery as something more than it is something more important, more, right. uh, yeah. relevant, more
1: because the talented. guy has a crazy haircut. Right. And it's like, come on, really? I mean, and you could say, well, you know what? It's supply and demand. And if people are stupid enough to buy that stuff, well, sh- Sure. But like don't we all take a little responsibility for that kind of thing as part of society? Uh we should. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. However, after this I'm gonna go get a nice haircut. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe a new shirt. I don't know. Uh, What do you want to do? Do you want you wanna talk about shutterstock or do you want to do something else? I always want to talk about Shutterstock. All right. well, right. They've been very good
0: to us. And, and, you know, where else are you going to go to find 60 new images a day?
1: Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you do this every time. I just they don't get it. They have more than 60 images. Yeah. Are you aware of that?
0: So they say.
1: No, no, they really do. In fact, apparently, uh, you know, somebody looked it up the other day. Like we say 20 million. Yeah. Right. It's now over 25 million. Since yeah. we've been doing ads for them, they've added 5 million We We have brought images. them 5 million new people. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
0: uh, you know, just as an aside, if you look up hipster, there are almost 14,000 results.
1: <laughs> Enough said, right? See, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Look, uh, show Most to of to them you. infographics. <laughs> are they really? A lot of them are, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. genius. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look, Shutterstock.com, they have 25 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips. Go to Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your ad, website, publication, or other creative project. Um, you know, you like creative projects.
0: I do like creative projects, and I do like vectors because they're a pain in the butt to create.
1: Yeah, they are. Some people so, are, like, really good at that. Well, Here, I'm going to keep reading. You look up radio-controlled airplanes. Uh, Shutterstock gives you a global image collection, so everywhere in the world, across the world, they suit your project. They have image packs and monthly subscription packages. Uh, grab whatever, choose whichever fits your need. Never have to compromise. Uh, if you just need one image, you can do that. You need uh, ten images a day, you can do that too. Uh, you can find something affordable. They add over ten thousand images each day. Uh, they don't charge you extra for big files. You can get the big giant ones, uh, no problem at all. Uh, so you can download any image, any size, one price. They don't nickel and dime you. Uh, and you have these That's lights. Nice. Yeah, it is. The light box app on the iPad. So you can like look stuff up and drop it into a thing and share it with other people. There's enhanced licensing. So you could print stuff up on, on, on trade show stuff and swag. We're going to get some on taking pictures, t-shirts. We still got to work on that. I know. Maybe it's just the logo. Maybe it is.
0: Maybe there doesn't need to be a catchphrase.
1: Uh, so, yeah, but they also have a, a huge uh, library of vectors, icons, and infographic templates, which is stuff you're talking about, which is a pain in the ass to do. Yeah, it is. I probably shouldn't say that word in
0: the middle of an ad. But, but, we but it is. You're, it you're is, driving the really point is. home how much, <laughs> how much less stress you're going to get. It's true. <laughs> but how many RC airplane images do you look uh, at? You know what? There, there are RC planes, model planes, uh, thousands of them. Okay. Wireframes, yeah. vectors, photographs. Oh, there's vector
1: ones, too, of course, yeah uh, like blueprints and stuff. Yes. Uh, Go to shutterstock.com. You have a counter exact rep, uh, account rep that's dedicated to you. will answer any questions 24 hours a day during the week. They don't sleep from Monday to Friday just for you. That'd be really funny if that was true. There's, there's (laughs) There's some, there's some shutterstock account rep who's just like, it is true. (laughs) It's <laughs> just shaking his or her head look sign up for a free browse account go to shutterstock.com you don't need a credit card uh, you just sign up and browse uh, when you decide to to, to buy some images uh, use the offer code pictures7 for the month of July pictures7 and you will get uh, 30% off any package which is a huge fantastic deal shutterstock.com we thank them very much for their support of 5x5 and on taking pictures absolutely Uh, yeah. All right. Where were we? Oh, hey, my sister sent me this thing, which I thought silence thing. Yeah. You like this? I do like it. Okay. Um, so thank you, Melissa. Yes. Uh, so uh, she sent me this thing and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's big and long. Uh, but here's part of it. I love the phrase preferable to silence. Is this piece of music preferable to silence? We're, uh, we're in the business of art, but we're also in the business of entertainment and spiritual and emotional nourishment. And you have to carry that with you. I like the idea that, that a way to judge art is to say, is this better than nothing? Yeah. You know, is it, or not better than nothing. Is this better than a blank canvas? Mm-hmm. Cause that's essentially what silence is. You know, yeah. would you rather better listen to empty this wall? Right. Would you rather listen to this? Yeah. Would you rather listen to this song for three minutes or hear absolutely nothing for three minutes? And if you would rather hear nothing for three minutes, then that's a pretty good litmus test of whether or not something is worthwhile. Right. I don't know. As far I think that's a pretty interesting way of saying it.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and by extension, would you rather
1: look at than nothing? A blank frame. Yeah. 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 Is this photograph better than a better, better than a white sheet of paper with nothing printed on it?
0: And I, I think that that would be kind of funny just to have a whole wall of
1: empty frames. Didn't people do that in the forties and fifties? What do you, what do you think? Well, let's take a little tangent. What do you think about that? The art thing where it's like, this is a, this is a white canvas painted white. Uh, I think
0: much of it for me is silly.
1: Okay. Or do you think it was a statement at the time? And then it was like, okay, ha ha ha. We get it. Let's move on.
0: I think too much has emphasis has been placed on it. Now, that being said, I do love, love, love like the, the color field work of Rothko
1: or, yeah. or but the Roth, yes, but that's, but that's better than who did, who did all those things that essentially look like Pantone chips on the wall? You know, there's that oh, stuff. Uh, yeah. Too. I know what you're talking
0: about or the ones or that either, are sort of black on black on black. Yeah.
1: Or even the, is it Jeff Koons who does the dots? Who does the little, the little polka dots on the, you know what I'm talking about? There's like little circles all over the place. It's, oh, uh, is it coons? No, no. You sure? I don't. I don't think so.
0: Now I'm gonna to have to look it up.
1: Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, it's just you know, there's certain levels of stuff where you're just kind of like, all right, like I get it. This is a neat idea, but come on, let's let's get maybe real. It here. is coons. Where um, they look kind of like half Tony. Yeah, literally, it's just like you know, eighty dots on a thing, like all separated. They have room in between them, and they're all in a grid. Okay, that's not just that's different not. colors. It's somebody, so one of those big guys. <laughs> it's somebody, um, somebody's doing <laughs> thank it. you, thank you for that. <laughs>
2: uh, Where are my
1: keys? They're somewhere. No, <laughs> yeah, but I think I think that that is a useful argument to be made when you're looking at your own work, right? And you're flipping through trying to say if something is good or not. Is this better than you know, uh, a frame of film that I overexposed or that I didn't, I, I clicked it and you know, my shut, my lens cap was on
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, is it better than that? That's the test. Preferable to sounds. It's apparently this, from a, this book. was a
0: great photo. You just can't see it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's by, uh, it's from a book uh, by Andrew Solomon called far from the tree, which is supposedly a very good book. Melissa says it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, so, I, I sent you this video, this Vimeo video, yes, uh, of a guy printing platinum, doing platinum printing. Yes, I think somebody may have sent it to us or put it on the the the, uh, the site. So thank you, whoever it was. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't note it. Note it. Uh, so he's walking around taking pictures with his, with the Leica M monochrome,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then uh, then they show him uh, printing a negative. Because okay, platinum printing is is done as a contact printing thing, right? right? And especially at least this digital stuff, so that you you're basically printing a negative onto a blank thing of acetate, right? That's the uh, gist. Yeah,
0: it's um, it's it's a film. Yeah, the, the film that he uses is this stuff called uh, Pictorico.
1: Is it special, or is it really just like overhead projector stuff?
0: It's it's. It, it, it's a high a, end version of that. It's a high end version of it. It takes, uh, specifically the, the Epson UltraChrome inks very well.
1: Okay. Okay. So it's, uh, it's, and it's, it's, it's not hugely expensive. That, okay. So the idea is that you, you print, you print a net, you invert your image and you print it on this paper and then you use that to make your platinum print. But the thing is, is that the, the, platinum platinum printing process is not incredibly linear. So you have to put all these curves on the thing that you make into your negative in order for it to work right. And mm-hmm. each people's curves are sort of like their own little recipe. Right. Which is pretty cool.
0: Uh, also the, 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 uh, ratio of chemistry is very different. Yep. Yep. And, and it's, it's literally X number of drops of this and X number of drops of that.
1: Yeah, the problem uh, is, is that platinum printing has gotten really expensive cuz platinum has gotten really expensive. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh I wonder wonder what the platinum prices has I wonder if it's gone up or down. Historical charts and data of platinum. Um cuz I remember when I was talking I went and saw a guy give a talk about this recently, not recently, a year ago or so. ASMP had a uh, platinum printing workshop, a hmm. free one that I went to. And it was fascinating, um, and the guy—I forget his name—brought uh, all his equipment and and printed for us. And the cool thing about platinum printing is that it's essentially like UV lights that are exposing the paper. So you actually just use regular paper, and you you uh, you spread it the the liquid onto the paper, and then you dry the, the paper dries. Uh, and then you stick the negative over the top of it and stick it in a box with UV light so that it exposes it. And then you pull it out and put it into some chemistry for the actual development to happen. Um, the cool thing about it is that the development happens like instantly. Yeah. Like you pop it in the water it's like, and it just yeah. like it like it, it. it's almost as if it, it sort of bounces off the paper. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, the problem is that platinum, it ended up working out to be each print was like forty dollars. Or something, and this was a year ago, and I think it's gone up since then, because the amount of platinum, even those few drops of platinum that you're using, add up. Right. You know, uh, crazy, whole other world. Um, very, very cool, uh, and it's fun to watch this guy do it. Although, here's my question: Do you really need the Leica in order to do this? You know, no. It, it, even in this video, it's a thing. I think it's made by Leica. It's a Leica. You know, sort of ad, right? But the Leica part of it is a thirty seconds at the beginning when he's walking around taking pictures. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, it's it's it's. I would argue that it's more Epson. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right.
1: You know, and it's fascinating. The only cool thing the guy had, he had that. Do you see the stamp he uses at the end? Yes. Um, I have a stamp that I use on prints when I sell prints. It says Bill Wadman original, Uh, but it's wearing out, and I think I need a new one. And I totally want to get one of his stamps. Uh, the problem is, is that I use coated papers and if I get a regular stamp machine, like he he has like one of those stamps that has the pad inside of it, like built in. So he puts it down and it goes, zunk, zunk, you know, uh, like, like, uh, like the old, um, the old stamps, like a passport stamp, you know, right, 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 right. The plastic ones. Uh, the problem is, is that the, those ink pads are not um, uh, pigment so I'm worried that they'll just going to wear off on a coated Ah, paper
0: that they'll sit on the surface. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, which is why I end up using a regular old school stamp with pigment ink pad, Mm um, pain in the neck though. Maybe that's,
0: it's a, it's a beautiful process.
1: Oh, it's, it's Um, really cool. And the guy is obviously really good at it.
0: Yeah. Uh, looks like a 25 mil bottle of platinum is about
1: $300. Yes. Um, and you need, you need a little bit of equipment to do it, right? Less equipment than you'd need to work on stuff in a real dark room. I, you know, I, I would consider doing this. I, I, I think it's right up your alley. Uh,
0: I think wet plate is more, more me. Why is that? I don't know. I just, it feels, although, you know what? I I love the, the, the uh, sort of mesh of digital and analog process that platinum printing offers, a, a building like a digital internegative, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I love that.
1: Yeah. First time I ever saw somebody do that was a few years ago. Actually, the guy, a guy who was showing, I think during my travels exhibit at Soho photo, he was downstairs showing, A series of sort of these these pictures in the woods. Why is it that platinum printers are always printing pictures of woods? (laughs) (laughs) It just seems that way sometimes. Is that not true? I don't know. Wait, what what is so special (laughs) about the Leica M monochrome? What, What is it that they're using? Are they using all of the? Is it lower res sensor? Is it literally only that many pixels? Like not. I understand that there's no Bayer stuff, right? So, but is it yeah, actually there's, there's just no 5,000 pixels stuff by in the
0: Fuji either? Yes. I, it, I think it's okay,
1: just, no, no, no. There's no Bayer in the Fuji, but the Fuji still has to be interpolated because there's green next to yellow or green next to red next to blue. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Where the monochrome, it's just, is there just one pixel next to pixel one is next to pixel two, pixel three, you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. what you get a one-to-one uh, or is it just that there's no color filter over the Bayer sensor? See what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's like the way sensors usually have the, like the color. Stuff. So it's, it's yeah. I'll have to, I'm going to do some research. Like why is it that much better than getting a Leica M digital and shooting it and turning it black and white? Is it that different? Somebody I know just got one. Uh, my friend Kent Miller. Got one of the Leica M's? Yeah. the The monochrome for some reason. I don't know if he got it or he got it to play with, or he's, you know, he's one of Joe McNally's like main assistant guys back in the oh, okay. day. Okay. Okay. So maybe Joe got it and he's playing with it or something. Um, crazy though.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, so anyway, we'll put that in the show notes. This guy's name, uh, is, oh, uh, Manuel Gomez Texaria Texiera. What's his, is that his name?
0: uh i th- yeah I, I would yeah close that's, i don't know i don't hard know how you would to say that. manuel gomez takes you yeah maybe uh it, i like that he comments uh, or responds to comments you know people oh, are you know, saying, hey, oh, I, I you know saying hey i didn't even notice that look at that love
1: what you're doing yeah i'm gonna have to go check oh that's the director guy yeah i'm gonna have to check that out that's very very cool
0: it's it's like I said. It's beautiful results. Uh, re- very velvety blacks. I mean, just really rich looking. Yeah, uh, and it, as, as would expect. Just hearing the name platinum printing. Right,
1: right, right. And you know what? At that point, your your images have an inherent worth because the materials to make them cost money.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Is there something to that?
0: I think so. Either in materials or in time.
1: Like whether this image was good or not, it took two hours to make. And to print, and it costs sixty dollars worth of stuff. It's interesting.
0: I think there's some worth to
1: that. Yeah, I'm gonna start platinum printing, platinum printing. You can't stop me, Jeffrey. You know why it, are you always trying to stop me? And <laughs> <laughs> why are you trying to hold me back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, uh, we got a couple more things before, uh, and then we're gonna do some Q and A, and then our photographer of the week. Is that fair? Sure. Tell me about Pelican cases. Uh,
0: tell you about them. I don't know much about them. They're the black ones, right? The ones that are like all weather sealed and everything. Yeah. Black plastic yeah. hard shell.
1: You've never owned any or had to work with any? Owned one.
0: No. They uh, look sweet. They are. They look almost like road cases. You they know? are like road cases. Yeah.
1: They're, they're almost indestructible. They're made, of, uh, they're made of, I don't even know what the hell they're made of. They're made of stuff that just never breaks it's like some sort of weird resin that they're made of so that they're like nearly indestructible. They're waterproof. Um, you know, a lot of people use them. Now I was considering buying one to be my main kit case because not only is it, you know, indestructible and you can use it as like a little stool too. Right. Mm-hmm, Cause it can, mm-hmm. it's, you know, are they waterproof, these yes. Pelican cases? Are Not only really? are they waterproof, Jeffrey, but like the one that, I, the one that I'm looking at is uh, in salt water, will float with up to 50 pounds worth of stuff inside of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. How huh. cool is that?
0: That is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I'm looking at this, this Pelican 1510,
0: right? And it is it's one of those roller cases. Oh, here Well, it is. that's yeah. the thing.
1: It's just below the size where it's FAA carry on. Huh. So you don't have to check it,
2: which is wow. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah that's right. Neat. This is nice.
1: Yeah. Um, and I was, so I was doing some measurements today because the thing is I don't have a lot of big lenses. You know, I have a number of relatively small lenses. I don't have any of these 400 millimeter 2.8 big giant chunky things like some people do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm like, you know what? I think I could fit my, my camera, the four lenses I ever use. And I even measured my little Manfrotto light stands, the little six-foot light stands I use. I've measured those, and they will fit in it. And then I measured my little 30-inch uh, umbrellas that I use, and they will fit diagonally across. So I think I could fit my entire thing in here. And, yes, the, the handle slides up, and it's a rolling case, too. So you don't even have Wait, to Wait, you can it. fit your body lenses and, and lighting in this one case? I think I could. Wow. It's twenty something inches by eleven inches by seven inches. It's tw- twenty-one by eleven and a half by seven and something. Huh. But I don't you gotta think about it. Like I have my body and I have like four primes that I carry. I don't carry any big lenses, you know. And what would you carry? Like two two speed lights? Uh two or three little speed lights, yeah. Huh. Two two stands and two umbrellas. You know, and, and how cool. What a great little kit. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Uh, and nearly indestructible for these things. Right now, this goes back to our little conversation about if you roll in with this thing, do you look cool?
0: I don't know. I think they look neat, but I don't, you know, I don't yeah. know from, I don't know where on the,
1: on the, uh, you know, the hierarchy yeah. Pelican cases fit. Uh, I think they're pretty cool. You know, it's like I use, um, uh, uh, crumpler bags is what I like a lot. Okay. I've got a, I've got a crumpler backpack that I use that can fit. My body and two or three lenses and a speed light inside, and it's like a little tiny, small backpack bag. And the thing that I like about it is when it's on your back, you can't unzip it because the zippers are sort of against your back. Oh, okay. So, so people can't. So people can't like steal your stuff while you're on your the bag. subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. But I usually carry that, and I carry like another this other like North Face bag that I keep all my stuff in. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff, in. but I'm trying to find one thing that I can have it all in one kit, so I can just grab it and go, and don't have to repack all my bags every time. I don't know. This uh, this thing looks very cool. All right, so you're giving the thumbs up to the Pelican. It looks it looks interesting. I you know I really hope that uh, uh, you know if if anyone has any thoughts out there on these Pelican cases, send us an email, send us a podcast at ontakingpictures.com, or write something in the Google Plus group or at Bill Wadman or at Jeffrey Sedoris on Twitter. Um, I just, I want to know what everyone thinks. I've read everyone I've seemed to, to everyone who's done little reviews has said it's like the best thing they ever bought. And they end up buying like two or three more for the rest of their gear. Hmm. So I thought it would just be interesting, something to, to discuss. and they
0: look reasonably priced. I mean, they're not, you
1: it's know, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. In fact, it, what's funny is that th- this one is actually, I think that, yeah, look at the list price is 320 bucks and Amazon sells it for one eighty. eighty. Mm-hmm. It's like half price. That's crazy. How can they do that? Although Adorama sells it for the same price, so I could just go to Adorama and get one.
0: Yeah, Welcome to big box retail, my friend.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? Technology. Anyway, something to put out there. What are you you still using your uh your uh Ona bag? Uh I use the Ona. Uh
0: I have another uh just sort of generic um canvas almost like a duffel bag with a with a camera insert into it i have so little stuff
1: that that i don't need much i know i'm jealous i really wish that i had even less um although you know it's you know we talked about it before i think where i said I, i'd rather have an x-wing than a millennium falcon oh i'd rather have the millennium falcon. see this is the, which which is odd because your setup is very much sort of like speeder Setup. Speeder
0: bike, yeah. yeah. You know,
1: well, like, like, I love I, that idea. I mean, look, it, am I really complaining about the quality that I get out of a camera that weighs two pounds and is tiny, you know, in the grand scheme of things? My 5D3 is not a big camera, you know? I mean, it's bigger than your camera, but it's not a big camera in the grand scheme of cameras. Right. And I get excellent quality out of it. I really shouldn't complain at all. Um, so but you've just, still got that little itch to go medium format, don't you? Yeah, but you know, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. And if I go medium format, I have decided that, you know what, I'm not... I would likely not be shooting medium format in a lot of uh, environmental kind of portraits. I would tend to use it more for studio. In which case, I personally would be better off buying... I was thinking about buying a back for my old Hasselblad five. Oh, okay. Okay. So, don't bother getting a new... Automatic thing. Basically just turn my Hasselblad into a digital camera and, you know, manually focus and slow the whole thing down mm-hmm. and shoot like that. Because I'm not shooting, I'm not shooting the same kind of stuff that, say, Carl is shooting, you know. Right, right. I'm not shooting models jumping up and down and, you know. In w- Iceland? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's it's not a thing. It's just that, like, that's the fashion thing. That's a whole other thing, you know. Right, I'm right, spe- right, I'm one-on-one with a person spending an hour with them what are I can take the time uh, to slow down. Now I don't
0: I don't look into any of this stuff. So what are do you have a lot of choices for, uh, for no, just I, a, a digital back?
1: Probably a phase back, phase 1. Mm-hmm. Um you can get like P45s and P65s for eh, 10 grand, 8 000 to 12,000. dollars
0: And do the 45 and 65 correspond to the number of megapixel?
1: Yeah, it's it's the 45 is like 39 megapixels and the 65 is like 60 megapixels. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So, I mean, it's, it's both of them are more than enough, you know, um, it would really just be changing the way I do it and, and, and getting, a, a, a it's just, it's a, just a, a different tool, you know? Right, 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 right. Plus I really like looking down into a camera. So like the idea of having a Hasselblad with a digital back on it like that, where I could actually still be in front of the person with the camera below my face mm-hmm. is very interesting to me
0: it would seem to inspire more connection.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I'd feel like Avedon.
0: <laughs> but, you know, he had a way better wardrobe.
1: Not nearly you. as fabulous. That's it. I'm going to start I'm going to start wearing like a nice black suit everywhere I go. Yeah? What do you think? Uh, I I think whatever
0: you're comfortable in, then that's what you should what you should do.
1: All right. I'm going to do that. Uh okay, so we have vest, some- tie, that kind of thing, if that works for you. <laughs> I'm not a big vest person. No? No. The problem is I have kind of superhero legs, so there's a lot of clothes I can't wear.
0: Ah right. I can't you wear can't skinny- do the skinny. Jeans. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I can't even I can't even get the thigh part of the skinny jeans over my calf. Yeah. You know. Which makes me very tough, but you know, doesn't really help with the cool kid clothes. <laughs> no. I can't wear cool kid clothes. You gotta wear cargo pants. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah for other reasons too wow all right Q&A let's go let's and up. what do you got
0: uh you got Ben McCarthy yeah what did he say he's
1: what does he think he
0: is who's who do you think you are Ben just writing in and asking questions what do you got uh wait what I just lost it Uh I just closed it
1: you're like one of those people
0: Something about being treated as a student.
1: Oh, here we go. Uh, finding work and being treated seriously as a student. There it is. Ooh, hard one. How do you feel about that? I don't know how I feel about it
0: because I, 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 I know people who have, uh, studied photography and are at one level or another, you know, they've gone to either Brooks or, or art center or whatever. Um, and I know people who have been completely self-taught, who are at uh, various levels. So I don't, I don't know that it has anything to do with whether or not you're a student, unless you make it an issue of you being a student.
1: Yeah, in some ways, ignore the fact that you're a student and just sell yourself as if you're a photographer, regardless of whether you're a student.
0: Yeah, I mean, are you walking in going, "Hey, I'm a student," and yeah. I also, you know, how have, are you selling yourself?
1: I had a professor at. at, at Berkeley up at up in Boston music school who uh it was a production class so we were producers you know <laughs> did and, you have to say it like that <laughs> well you know and he said uh you know the, here's the problem he goes you're not in school studying production you're producers and right just that's it leave that leave that student bit at home for now yeah yeah now, now so you know if people are not taking you seriously because they don't like your work. Well, that's another discussion to be had. Right. But if you think it's because you have the label of a student, well then get rid of the label as a student, you know, right.
0: Just present your work and see where that takes you.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say finding work period is tough, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I get calls sometimes from random people who saw my work. Um, a lot of it's people who know people, some of it is people who see my work on my website or find it through, you know, something somebody's written me up. Um, you have th-
0: said in the past that you get more out of, out of word of mouth than, than sort of cold calling though. Is that still true?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think I get any work out of cold calling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just cause I suck. Um, I'm
0: telling you, I think, I think you need to rock the vest.
1: Yeah. And put a picture of me in the vest in the email. No, you know, but, but there's a thing, right? You know, um, cold calling eh, it's hard Mm -hmm. you know you need somebody to give you a break you're you're fighting an uphill cold calling you're fighting an uphill battle
0: from the onset yes these people don't want to be bothered they're not looking for you so
1: and there's some people though i know who who do that kind of thing who do it really well you know Mm -hmm. i have friends who are designers and things that make up what in the end are very expensive things to send people you know, basically, oh, I'm going to make this, uh, you know, book. Like self-promotion things? Yeah. We'll, yeah. S- we'll okay. send books to people of their work, mm-hmm. and, you know, to keep. And they'll spend $50, $80 a piece and they'll send out 15 of them, 20 of them. And I'm like, I can't spend $2,000 to like send stuff to 10 people who don't know who I am.
0: Right. Well, and, and then there's the other idea of how do you choose who to send it to?
1: Right. Unless who, you know who? people already.
0: Yeah. Who, who is, who is more worthy than, than, you know,
1: how do you, how do you decide that? I personally, I find cold emails like the, like sending out ad base kind of things. I find that useless. Now it may be that, you know, I send these things and, you know, uh, only 2% of the people actually click on anything and only 20% of them are even opened But maybe people see my name and then they'll see my name three months later and see my name three months later so that at the point at which somebody else recommends me, they say, Oh, I've heard of that guy. So you don't, the problem is just sort of by osmosis.
0: Yeah. That that you don't,
1: that, that you don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a thing or maybe that's me dreaming. You know, I think that it's one of those things where, uh, you know, any publicity is good publicity. If you can get in front of people, get your name out there. That's good. I, mm-hmm. When my work, when I wasn't as proud of my work, there were times when I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to send this because in three months I'm going to be so much better. And I don't want them to think that this is how I am when I know I'm going to be better. But you're always going to be better. you, know, you, hopefully. Just, you yeah, just, hopefully. You just got to send your best every time. And maybe they see the progression even. you know, It's a tough one. Uh, I think that, it, I don't wonder where Ben is. That's a good question too. Um, uh, geographically, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Ben, right so, in. Tell us where you are. So yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Jason Zolan says, uh, top three best pieces of advice for a guy who just upgraded to full frame.
0: Uh, <laughs> I think I think I responded to him in a tweet.
1: Yeah, but you know, don't listen to Jeffrey. He's never shot with a full <laughs> frame camera in his life. So, <laughs> I, that's not true. He he thinks an iPhone is a full frame camera.
0: Well, you're seeing the full frame that the camera saw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that good you like that yeah that was nice um I, I, when i moved from crop cameras to full frame it was i don't know six years ago when the original 5d came out and i went from a 20d to the 5d and two things i noticed one you have less depth of field at a particular aperture so if you're shooting at f2 or f3 2 or whatever you have less depth of field so your focus has to be more on for it to look right so slow down and take more time because it's going to show more flaws. You know, um, I, I'm a big proponent of shooting raw so that you can get the most out of it after the fact. Um, but that's not unique to full frame. No, but it, it's interesting in that in some ways I feel like it's more important. The The higher quality of the image that's getting captured, the more you can do with it in in post. If that makes any sense. It also shows deficiencies of your lenses. So make sure your lenses are really good. Um, I, if if you start shooting and you start noticing that, like, oh, that's out of focus or, ooh, that's blurry or whatever, that's soft or, you know, it it, it could be the glass isn't good enough or it could be that you uh, – because the edges of the glass are, are corners and that kind of stuff. Usually the center of most lenses is pretty good. It's when you get to the edges that it gets harder to to, to do it well. So, in a crop-centered camera, you're automatically sort of cropping out all of the edges of the frame of the lens. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting the sweet spot. So when you're shooting full frame, you're actually seeing more of what the lens is is putting through, including all of the harder to do bits in the corners. So if if you start seeing weaknesses and that kind of stuff, you may start feeling like, oh, I got to get better lenses because, uh, you know, I wanted to look good, which has happened to me before. Don't you um, get
0: uh, typically more sort of natural vignetting? From, from full frame frame, because you're getting to the edge of the lens.
1: Yes. And you know, the better lenses, uh, you know, vignetting is one of those weird things. And because in many ways to me, I I end up adding vignetting to a lot of pictures, right? Mm -hmm, After the fact, mm -hmm. the problem with vignetting or being upset about vignetting is first of all, it's that is one of the things that used to happen on film cameras all the time that people like the look of, right? So the fact that we bitch about it now with digital is kind of like, wait a minute, <laughs> like you were just that's that's half the romance, and you're trying to say that we need to get rid of it. And oh, there's a right. little vignetting, okay? But doubly so, all these cameras in raw conversion stuff in Lightroom and whatever else, and in the cameras, they usually have a setting that'll basically. Reverse the vignetting, cancel it out by brightening up the corners. Right with with these sort of lens signatures, you know these lens. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Profile profiles. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, vignetting. Pff, who cares? You know, I end up adding it back anyway later. But you know what? Lightroom removes it all for me anyway. So okay, it's a little dar- it's it's a half stop darker in the corners. Okay, well no yeah. big deal. You if know? if a half stop. Yeah. Um, and if you stop down, you know, a stop from wide open, it's going to get better anyway. You know, I, I like vignetting personally. I don't know. So, uh, I don't know if those are good answers, Jason, but, uh, good luck with your new machine. I think you got a, a D is it D 600? Is that the new, uh, that, the, on the Nikon side? Yeah. Yes. What, what 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 basically is that? Is that like the D
0: 700? It's a, it's a full frame D 7,000 is basically what it is.
1: So how, how high res is the sensor?
0: I think it's 24. 24- Four. Oh, is it megapixel? that is
1: that high res? Oh wow. I think so. Fancy, Jason. <laughs> All right, what's Joey D say?
0: Uh yeah, it is twenty-four. Uh, hold on, I gotta get back to it now. I changed, man. Uh Joey D. Uh any plans for an OTP meetup? on either west or east coast bill i know you'd mentioned something about a class any updates on that any thoughts on interviewing photographers with otp style questions
1: all right you want to take that last one jeffrey uh
0: the last one on interviewing photographers yeah um i think the interview for me unless you've got new information but i think for me changing the format of this show is not good okay uh, I, I am starting to interview people, um, beginning with, <laughs> with your friend, uh, and, and the very kind Randy Duchesne, who was just a sweetheart. Um, it's something I would like to do, but I, I don't know about changing the format right. of, of the show here because I think it opens up all sorts of issues later on.
1: There are wonderful shows where people inter- interview photographers, friend of the show, a does the candid frame yeah uh which is a fantastic show uh and that's pretty much what he does um and 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 we're fine filling different niches uh i yeah. think if 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 we if we ever did have somebody that we interviewed it would have to be a pretty special somebody uh but you know i think that that is a that's a long shot rather than a gonna happen right you know uh
0: meetup mm, i think
1: i would a meetup would be amazing um, I remember somebody said that in, somebody were talking in DC. It was like Fielding and somebody else were talking in DC about doing a meetup in DC uh, um, without you or I, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, I think you know, that's great. If everyone, uh, if, if people who live in the same area want to get together and and have a drink and talk, then more power no, to you.
0: Wasn't there something I don't know? I, I talked to Randy about asked him about doing a panel.
1: Yeah, in, in yeah. New York,
0: and he was all on board with that. He thinks it's a great idea, and and uh, uh, alluded to helping assemble something.
1: I think I think it is a fantastic idea. I think it's just in the early stages, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we that needs sponsorship and and some help outside of us yes. to make that happen.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, and you know, I think that uh, I think that as far as me doing classes, yes, I, I'm going to do a workshop. I think probably. Uh, early September or late August, uh, I will be saying something very soon. But it'll it'll probably it'll be here in New York. Um, so uh, I hope that answers all those questions. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Green says, uh, "What other interests do you have besides photography, and how do they impact your photography, if at all?" What do you got? What What interests do I have beyond photography? Yeah. What What interests do you What interests do you have beyond photography and beyond? Uh, the, you're writing about photography. Um, and do you feel like that, that, that if, if you don't have a good answer to that, is that a problem?
0: I'm, I'm a little myopic at the moment because I'm not sure where I'm going next. They have glasses
1: for that now. It's true. It's not like and when you were born in 1870. They didn't. <laughs> they can fix that now. You know what? Uh, screw
0: you. I'm just getting a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. You know. Look, we we've talked about this. I, I'm a little lost at the moment of where I'm going to go next. Of of what what the big thing is that I need to focus on. Um, but outside interests, I bike almost every day right um i don't know what else do i like i
1: like bowling yeah you actually bowl you go bowling yeah i do see i'd go bowling Bowling's fun every once in a while my my uncle my, my dad's hand.
0: my dad's brother was a pro bowler on the tour um my my grandfather bowled until probably a year before he died and he was 98 when he died
1: is <laughs> it you know when you really break down bowling it's such a like a me take rock, roll down. <laughs> you know I
2: mean?
1: hit, hit. hit sticks with yeah. rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it really is. Like, we, we put all this shine and polish, and do you know that the shellac that they use on uh, uh, bowling alleys is actual shellac made from the Beatles still yeah. to this day? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. You
0: know, oh, you want to talk about uh, a place where image or, or uh, a sport where image is the thing, Right. Yeah. Bo- bowling, like, like golf, you know, where you've got, you, you've got the clothes, you've got the, it's just, ugh, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a whole other world. It um, is. You know, I, I used to do a lot of mu- more music, and somebody wrote about the theme song on, on the, on the Google Plus group. Right. And I, and I wrote back with some, uh, other songs that they can go listen to if they really want to hear my, my cheesy melancholy music.
0: <laughs> um you're you're a jellyfish inspired yes
1: yeah i love that the little test yeah the guys, like see see jellyfish <laughs> 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 it's very good. um so anyway yeah there's that uh but i think that's good we yeah, got anything movies, else to say about that
0: movies i like movies you like movies? although i don't like going to the movies the movie going because experience, of the kids yeah the movie going experience is ridiculous yeah
1: it's gotten you know, out of control he, except for in Austin where you have the uh uh the the what's it called the the um oh the 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 draft house, yes, Alamo draft house Alamo Draft House which they are opening 3 of in New York. You know there is a company
0: in the UK that makes um uh Faraday cage wallpapers for movie theaters. <laughs> so it's got these sort of tiny, tiny filaments. Yeah. These filaments of, of copper wire in the wallpaper. So you get nothing.
1: (laughs) That's pretty cool. It's
0: genius, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean the cool thing about, uh, first of all, they don't let kids into the Alamo draft house except for like on one day a week or whatever it is. Um, no kids, nobody below, I think 12 or 14. And if you talk, you get kicked out and you get no refund. And if you pull your phone out, you get kicked out, you get no refund.
0: Okay, look, if, if you can't go I mean, barring an emergency, obviously But if you can't go uh, An two hour hours, and a half, yeah. two hours without checking Facebook or yeah. Twitter or something Then yeah. just stay home
1: I'm sorry, I missed what you said I was checking Facebook
2: <laughs> <laughs> What did I you say? Hey <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: That's good stuff Alright, who's our yeah. photographer of the week? Photographer of the week, Horst P. Horst <laughs> You love this guy, right? A Horst is a Horst, of course, of course. No one could talk to a Horst, of course. Sorry. Horst P. Horst, yes. Horst P. Horst. I need a cool name. Fashion photographer. Yeah. A German American fashion photographer. Born in yeah. Germany, uh, lived here. You just you see his real name isn't Horst P. Horst, though. No. Horst Paul Albert Bormann. Yeah, but come on. Horst P. Horst
0: kind of rocks compared to that. Yeah, that is. And, pretty I mean, cool. this guy was shooting in Paris in the 30s. Come yeah. on, yeah.
1: Imagine how many people he had sex with.
0: I, I was thinking more of the photos and the clothing, but okay. Oh, right,
1: right, right. <laughs>
0: <Ugh>. <laughs> Imagine how many pairs of shoes he owned.
1: Ugh, really? That's that's <laughs> where you go with this. <laughs> I like shoes. You like the horse pee horse though. I do like the horse pee horse. He is cool uh, though. I yeah. liked it. there's a great shot on that vogue.com thing of his picture taken by Cecil Beaton. Now talk about a guy who himself was a fashionista. Horst. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, come on, look at that. Yeah. With the with the fur collar on the on the on the long
1: coat. Yeah. Yeah, I need I need a full co- fur collar. That's what's going to make it, Jeffrey. Well, it's You know, you you mentioned Avedon. I'm 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 half kidding. Like, I'm, yeah, you know,
0: no, oh, I know uh, you mentioned Avedon being fancy and or being fabulous is what you said. Yeah. If if Avedon himself, his persona had not been so fabulous, would he have gone as far as he did in fashion?
1: I think he was cool, period. Mm-hmm. And therefore it allowed him to get ahead in a world so- where people You know but some you know what's interesting? And this is not I don't want to get back to the big discussion before, but I just wanted to say there's also an argument to be made with the idea that that it's all about uh it's all about owning it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I own who I am, that in itself most people our sheep, you know, and if you go in there and say, no, I'm I'm this great photographer and look at me. I'm this cool guy who wears a fur collar and whatever it is. People go, oh, wow. Look, at that cool guy with the fur collar. Right. You know that in some ways it really is just a decision to to be the person you want to be mm-hmm. that that you have to just make this decision and move on. I mean, that goes back to the uh, what's the name who was asking uh, Ben asking about the student thing. It's like you need to decide that you are more than just a student and own it, you know?
0: Sort of let let the industry come around to you.
1: Yeah. Fake it till yeah. you make it. Yeah. You know? Uh, um, hey, Jeffrey. Yes. The only thing between thinking it and getting it done is doing <laughs> He's it.
0: Doing it. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, but this guy, you know... It, he was he was he was working in a world that I mean a lot of this stuff's very risque for the time period. Yes, late thirties, early forties. Yeah, this is like um, just pre-Nazi in Paris and stuff. I mean, this is he's ballsy. A lot of nudes, uh, and
0: fashionable nudes. Com- trying to to sort of bridge that gap between between
1: Western nudes and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, you know. It's sort of, um, yeah, they're beautiful. Um, have you ever shot nudes? No. It's interesting. It's, it's difficult nowadays. At least it is, has been difficult for me to do anything that feels fresh without feeling like you are trying to do something different. You know what I mean? Without it feeling, like you're right. trying too
0: hard. I, you know? you know, the idea of shooting nudes fascinates me. And I, there, there are a couple of people that I really like that, that. You I know think some women. Do.
1: You could make it happen. Yeah. It, not that it always has to be women. I'm just saying. It's interesting to me. Uh,
0: there's even a, a friend of the show, Andrew Kaiser, okay, who shoots uh, a lot of film black and white nudes. Um, uh, Joe Shemansky, another film shooter in San Francisco shoots a lot of nudes Yep, and it's, it's interesting to me and I've always been fascinated by it, but I don't, I don't know to your point what I would bring to it. If anything, that isn't just a rehash or a reinterpretation of what's come before. Right.
1: No, I've, I've been there. Yeah. This guy was around for, uh, uh, A long time. He died when he was 93 years old. Horst P. (laughs) Horst. I love the idea that he was in Palm Beach Gardens, which is where my grandparents lived for a while. So I was pro, I could have been in restaurants with Horst P. Horst and not, (laughs) you could have. Damn it. It's pretty cool. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, yes. It's interesting that he shot the last time he shot for British Vogue was in 1991. Wow. He's been around forever. It's and, amazing, right? Yeah. And what's cool is that the last picture he shot for British Vogue in 1991 was uh, Princess uh, Princess Michael of Kent, shown against the background of a tapestry and wearing a tiara belonging to her mother-in-law, Princess Marina, who he had photographed in 1934. Isn't
0: that wild? That is cool. I mean, think about a career that spans 60 plus years, all the changes that he saw from the 30s to the 90s. Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's like the the uh um what's it called we were reading last week? Um what's his name? Um the uh, looking forward to being old thing. Oh, right right right, the right, Sacks. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where you saying I can now conceive of what a what a what a century is. Mm-hmm. You know, in a way that I couldn't when I was 50 or 60. It's fascinating. It's very very cool. You know, there's some really there's some better pictures than are on his website out there. Yes. I'm looking at some right now. Here's, Oh, here's another, uh, page for us here. Oh, you're doing a Google search, but, uh, yeah, here's another one. Um, where, you know, you look at some of these pictures and you go, Oh yeah, see that totally works. Mm -hmm. You know, very, very cool. Horse pee horse. Good idea. Did you see this one where he made the Vogue, uh, uh, title magazine title with people with women? Yeah. 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 That is cool.
0: Yeah. You know who uh, – I, I bet Craig would like that, your friend Craig.
1: Craig would like that. I'll have to send it to him. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. And you know what? I, this just makes me want to find more women wearing corsets. <laughs> hey, uh, always a good thing. I'm in New York City. I can make that happen.
0: <laughs> okay. You, you you could throw a stone and hit somebody yeah. with a
1: corset on in New yeah. York City, couldn't you? Don't be creepy. <laughs> It's you, Jeffrey, that give photographers a bad name. No. <laughs> Anything else you want to say?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Oh, hey, well, actually, one thing I have to send my camera in. What? Uh, I've sent it to Fuji. I, any of you that are using X-Pros, have you experienced dust in the viewfinder? Oh, how do you like get that out? In, you don't. You send it to Fuji.
1: How does it get in there?
0: I have no idea. I called Fuji and they said, wow, that area should be sealed. And I said, that's what I thought, but it's not.
1: Yeah.
2: So
0: there's dust in between the front, the front glass and the actual viewfinder lens.
1: That's frustrating.
0: I mean, it doesn't affect the photos at all, but it's kind of annoying because I've only had the camera for three months.
1: Yeah, uh, that's not cool.
0: So they said, you know, send it in with your, with your receipt and uh, we will get it taken care of and FedEx it back to you. No
1: problem. All right. Where, where do you have to send it, by the way? Edison, New Jersey. Uh that's interesting because that's the same place you send uh, Canon stuff. They must all have a uh,
0: King George Post Road is the address.
1: Interesting. Are they pretty cool about it? They so they were easy about it.
0: Oh, they, yeah. The guy, the guy was fantastic. He said, "Yeah, we'll FedEx it right back to you." He said, "Once we get it, you'll have it back within a week."
1: Okay. Wow. I think that's fantastic. Good. So good for Fuji. I like when these yeah. people are are good about it. So you have to give us an update when you get it back. Yep. Uh anything else? Uh, no. No. I think, uh, I think cool. how can people get a hold of us? Uh podcast at
0: ontakingpictures.com or you can uh hit us up in the Google Plus group, which uh, the link will be in the show notes. Uh Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. I tweet at Jeffrey Sidoris. Uh you can find more of Bill's work at either billwadman.com or ontakingpictures.com. And you can visit us at fadedandblurred.com.
1: Uh also um Welcome to any new listeners that uh, have joined in the last week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Without, uh, th- without we, having you. you know what? We might have some new listeners from the UK. Uh, Carl was nice enough to, uh, to do a little promo for us, and uh,
1: a lot of people saw it. So thank you, Carl. Yeah, and he wrote it in, in English, so only British <laughs> people will understand it. <laughs> Carl's got this huge audience around the world. Everybody could be listening to him. It Carl might not just has be a, from a the monster UK. audience. He's a good friend of the show. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, Alright, we'll we'll talk to you next
2: week. Yep, have a good week. See ya. Going on and on the way we are For so long To any fool It's plain to see Something's wrong As this way